the love of creation of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches us that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Adam and Eve found that out really quickly after the fall. One of the first things that God had to do was kill an animal and with its skin cover their nakedness and their shame. There's only one way back to God. And that is that the payment must be made. The penalty for sin, the wages of sin is death. The only way back to God for the sinner is the way of blood and lots of it. Throughout the whole Old Testament, God drummed that lesson into his people. With every sacrifice, the sinner was reminded this animal is undergoing what I should be undergoing. This animal is dying in my place. With every sacrifice, Isaac's question is repeated throughout the entire Old Testament. Where is the sacrifice to end all sacrifices? Where is the lamb who will really make the payment? Where is the lamb? Where is the lamb? That's the question which echoes, which rings out throughout the ages. And right after Isaac asked this question, Abraham gives us the first bit of information about this lamb for whom we wait. He says in verse 8, God will provide for himself the lamb. It's not going to be something we do. It's not going to be some kind of solution that we sinners come up with. We tried that, remember? The fig leaves in the garden didn't work. God will provide the way back. He will provide the lamb. And as we go through the Old Testament scriptures, we learn more about this lamb. We learn that the lamb must be without blemish. It must be perfect. There must be no broken bones or defects. We learn that in the lessons that God gives in the Passover rituals. And in that same Passover ritual, we learn more. We learn that the blood of the lamb will literally cover us in the face of the judgment of God. God tells his people in Egypt at the first Passover, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So Israel waits for that perfect lamb without blemish whose poured out blood will cover their sins in the face of God's judgment. But as sacrifice follows sacrifice, and day follows day, and year follows year, and rivers of blood flow from the temple mount, one thing that God's people learn is that it is impossible. It is impossible for the blood of animals, whether they're bulls or goats or lambs, it is impossible for the blood of animals to take away Sin, because it's never enough. Never gets the job done. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. 
again and again he offers the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. And even on that great day of atonement, Yom Kippur, when the high priest enters for a few moments into the Holy of Holies with blood to sprinkle on the mercy seat, and that Holy of Holies represents the garden. On the veil there are cherubim. Telling the sinner to stay outside. But on that one day, the, whole, the high priest just manages to get in there for a few moments. But the next day, the entire sacrificial system just keeps on going. More blood. The morning sacrifice, the evening sacrifice. And twice that on the Lord's Day every week. Tens of thousands of lambs every year besides the other animals. It's never finished. It's never done. And all the system is one great big catechism lesson to God's people. As they long for the lamb who will take away sins. And then in the prophecy of Isaiah, we learn another piece of information. We read about the one who was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. Wait for it. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. And like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. That's the lamb we're looking for. And every sacrifice was crying out for that lamb. Where is the lamb? Where is the lamb? And finally we come to the New Testament. We come to John the Baptist in John chapter 1. And John is busy baptizing. And he looks up and he sees Jesus coming toward him. And he cries out, Behold the lamb. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You know, there were no seats in the temple. There was no place to sit down because the work of the priests was never done. But when this priest, who is sacrifice and sacrificer, when he had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, what did he do? He sat down at the right hand of God. Think about that. It's like the high priest on Yom Kippur going to the Holy of Holies and just sitting down on the mercy seat saying it's done. It's over. He never would have dared. But Jesus, our great high priest, goes into the very Holy of Holies itself in heaven and sits down. Their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more, says the scripture. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Do you wonder why baptism and Lord's Supper have no blood in them? And why Passover and circumcision did? 
It's because the payment has been made. After Jesus, there is no more blood. And so the Lord Jesus calls us to the table to celebrate this morning. It is finished. It is done. All is forgiven. All is well. Come, take by faith the body of the Lord and drink the blood of Christ for us outpoured, led to the slaughter as the Lamb of God, our Savior bought us with his precious blood. So lift up your eyes, brother and sister. Lift up your heart. Don't look at the bread and the wine. Look up. See the victorious Christ at the right hand of God. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then worship him. Worship him. Because worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth, and wisdom, and might, and honor, and glory, and blessing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Be blessing, and honor, and glory, and might forever and ever. Amen.